Sox FB Weekend Collective, Tim Ronks for Tim Beveridge here. We've got the Health Hub coming up after four o'clock and joining us is someone who is absolutely brilliant at getting your body into the best sort of shape it can possibly be. Uh, as I say, he's worked with Olympians like Lisa Carrington and he's worked with people like Tim Beveridge. Uh, so Greg Payne is going the to be... full spectrum. The uh, full spectrum. I thought you were introducing Ricardo Menendez March, and I was thinking, this is an interesting, interesting introduction for... Uh, the- that's true, no. <laughs> the, the, this, is, this is looking ahead. So anyway, that's the health hub from four o'clock. Right now, though, you're quite right, Bevo, it's still politics central. And given that on Friday, the government rolled out increases to benefits across the country, this is in a bid to combat the increasing cost of living, not just that, but also looking after our most vulnerable... Um, so this is things like the minimum wage, but it is also things like working for families. It's superannuation. It's, it's a whole broad spectrum of things. Um, but there is a suggestion from the Green Party that the welfare system is too complicated and that there are people missing out on benefits that they're actually entitled to. Um, to explain more, he's the Green spokesperson for social development and employment. Ricardo Menendez-March joins us now. Good afternoon. Oh, kia ora. Good to talk to you both. G'day, Ricardo. So you've mentioned it, it's uh, four years since the Welfare Expert Advisory Group pu- published their recommendations. Have any of those recommendations been met this week? No, and that is a tricky thing. Is um, When the Welfare Expert Advisory Group was released four years ago, the cost of living was very different. And so we're in a tricky position where the government is sort of claiming, look, we finally dusted done this one key recommendation and all the researchers and actually also the communities on the ground are struggling to get by are saying we're we're still struggling um and uh, for many uh the 2018 suggestions are now being outstripped by the um fast pace increases in rents and food in the supermarkets so far more work needs to be done um and unfortunately, it hasn't been one of those strong priorities for government, like overhauling the health care system, for example, which is something that the government is putting a lot of resources and energy into doing. You've, you've said that the rules around abatement, uh, I think that's the more you earn, the less you receive in a benefit, uh, are too complicated. Uh, I mean, how do you fix that? Pe- people's circumstances are often a lot different from the person next door. It's, it is complicated, isn't it? Oh, it is. And, and so, for example, when benefits go up, um, the government will say, oh, we're increasing job seeker benefit by $55. And the feedback we often get as politicians is from people saying, oh, well, actually, I'm only getting an extra $20 in my bank account. Um, you know, why is the government saying 55 And that is because while people may be getting an extra $55 um, on their benefit, um, because of the clawbacks and things like the accommodation supplements and things like... Um, temporary additional support, like all these top-ups that exist, basically end up decreasing. And because we haven't adjusted how those two interact, people end up not being as better off as the government may announce in terms of the dollar amount figure. And what this shows is, yeah, we do need to simplify the welfare system, and we actually need to recognize that um, if people need all these top-ups on top of their benefit, that's probably a sign that those income supports for people like parents and disabled people in our communities are still not enough. So um, this what would is be a way, what would be a way, sorry to jump in, what would be a way to simplify it? Is there, is there an easy way that you look at all the different things that were announced on the first um, that, that will benefit people, particularly those who are struggling? Um, but if there's an easy way to simplify that, what is it? So for those on lowest incomes, um, for parents and disabled people um, with, with children, the 
easiest way to simplify it would be to extend working for families uh, to, to, to people on the benefit and recognition that, for example, if you're a parent, that is also work. <laughs> it's, it's effectively full-time work, right, for many. Um, and at the moment, um, that would provide a really um, significant boost in incomes that then wouldn't need all these other sort of complicated top-ups to put you above the poverty line. So that's something that has been recommended by many researchers that would have a, a really is big there any sense is there, is there any sense of how many people are entitled to benefits that they don't get because they don't know that they're entitled to them or it's too complicated to try and figure it out? Yeah, so last year when we asked um, the minister in charge about who was actually going to get the full amount, it was over 120,000 people, if I, if, if I recall the figure correctly, that would not be getting the full $20 back then. And so it would be quite similar right now. It's a big proportion of people who are in income support who are not getting um, the full increase to main benefits in hand because the other assistance is chipped away at. And so, again, um, for us, what this shows is we do need to simplify it and we do need to make sure that it's keeping with the cost of living. How do we get people out of the cycle of relying on benefits? Because ultimately, that's really what we want, don't we? If you're hanging around for an extra $55 a week or $20 top up, ideally, we want people to be able to get off the benefit, don't we? What's What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I think I normally tend to challenge this idea that like the ultimate goal of the welfare system is to wean people off it. Because what we've got to remember is the people who are in a benefit a huge proportion of them are people with medical conditions, um, including our disabled community, who, who do make a big proportion of our general population, especially as our population ages. Um, and so for me, I think the priority should be about fixing, for example, the support that we provide for children. Like, I think one of the things that is outrageous is that so much of our assistance from working income comes as a debt. So if you're a low-income family, um, you're trying to do the best for your children and education, you want assistance for things like school uniforms or devices, which are now um, more in demand than ever because of uh, new technology, but also because of the lockdown. That assistance comes as a debt. Right. You end up losing more of your weekly benefit. Yeah. And so it's this catch-22, right? It's like we want people to do their best for their children and their education, but we put them in debt and therefore make them lose income in well, order for their children to participate in education. Well, yeah. we, we really appreciate your time and, and sorry we have to leave it at that. And it is something we're going to look at in Smart Money after five o'clock here on the Weekend Collective. Ricardo Menendez-March, who is the Green Spokesperson for Social Development and Employment, thank you so much for being on the program. It's seven minutes to four.